It's wild card weekend, and this is the game plan where we're going to break down all the best bets from the wild card weekend. And we got a little bonus uh, section here where we're also going to talk about Super Bowl winner bets and all of that with the man himself, the human calculator, John Statsation. Alessia, what's up, my man? Not much, brother. Not much. We'll uh, get a little cold going, but I, I think I'll be able to survive. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You crush that. Crush that cold like you crushed the bets. Um, this past few weeks, my goodness, my goodness, it has been a run here on the game plan. Unbelievable. And, and by the way, all those underdogs last week, we talked about them on the show. Almost everything came through. Remember the philosophy we're talking about teams that don't have that much to play for, but have no reason not to play against teams that really do that came through almost a hundred percent hit rate outside of the bears. That was the only letdown. And and for me, it worked out just fine, John. You want to know why? Why's that? Because I teased that shit. Six six point teaser got plus uh, got plus four hundred on it. All the uh, all the teams with nothing to play for. Uh, Titans. We um, what was it? The, the, the Titans. The I can't remember the the teaser, but it was, I I got the Bears in there. The Titans. Who the hell were the other two teams? Who was facing the Jaguar? The, uh, Carolina. Did you tease that up? No. And the other one that I stayed away from was the Giants, but I talked about it like that should be bet as well. But I didn't, I didn't include that one in there. But I'll pull it up here. But we crushed a nice plus four hundred last week. Um, but also just the plays in general, and um, I'm loving this playoffs. Yeah, let me let me see what that that uh, parlay was here. Yeah, we had the uh, Titans, Chargers, Bears, Cardinals, and Cowboys. That was the. Uh, that was the teaser in there. And of course we talk about on the show here that the Cowboys, that was the team we we're going to lay the points on anyway. But of course I teased it. Make sure, just make sure, lock it down. So I'm excited about the NFL playoffs. And John, you did a breakdown article here on the Sharp app. And I wanted to talk about that before we get into this week's bets, because this is another bettable spot where, um, You've done this year after year for Super Bowl contenders versus pretenders. And by the way, this is coming for March Madness as well. So make sure you are locked into Sharp App for all of John's incredible um, breakdowns and content. We don't always show this type of stuff on this breakdown, but take me through this without maybe like in a quicker pace. What exactly are you looking at here in this breakdown and what what can we conclude from it? Take me take me through it step by step. Yeah, so I, I like doing this for a lot of the um, for a lot of futures when we get into like you mentioned that we'll do the NCAA tournament. I do something similar. Um, obviously, nothing's foolproof, but I'm just trying to look at what a uh, profile of a typical Super Bowl team looks like, and then we we kind of try to weed out some of the teams that don't really fit that profile. Does that mean that uh, we're guaranteed to to narrow it down to the winner? No, but it gives us a better idea maybe of who the teams that are potentially uh, most likely to win. So I've got a few different, I think I got seven different categories, yardage differential. I break it down by team. Uh, so you basically, you're looking at only four teams have won the Super Bowl with a sub 18 yardage differential, right? And that's, uh, just their offensive yards minus the defensive yards per game. So we're pulling out Pittsburgh. We're pulling out, um, Eagles. Ooh, uh-oh. Packers. Uh-oh. Bucks. Yeah, uh, Houston. Houston uh, just comes under twelve point four. So, you know, you're you're obviously you're seeing teams. Most of these teams are just teams that um, really are they're just bad on the defensive side, like Philly, 
Um, Green Bay, not terrible on the defensive side, but their offense hasn't been great. So, you know, it's kind of just picking those out. For the most part, these are going to be the worst, uh, the, the lesser defenses usually. Do you think this uh, type of analysis, like if a team is just surging late, like Cleveland with a different quarterback, how much how much do we have to allow for that analysis when something has wholesale changed on a team? I, I really, the only one I can think of is is Cleveland right now. Yeah, you could put Cleveland, um, obviously, probably the, the most positive change going into the playoffs, but uh, I'd have to look at it. I don't think that's going to change um, all that much. The thing is, their defense is really what's carried them. The offense has been good. With Flacco, what they're doing is just, uh, you know, he's just been solid back there with a, with a good offensive line. So you're seeing that a, a smart quarterback, veteran quarterback, if you give him some time, he's going to be fine. But really, Cleveland's going, if Cleveland's going to go deep here, it's just going to be based on the, uh, it's going to be based on their defense. And um, the, this one, the second stat is the turnover differential. Now, actually, last season, Kansas City was able to win with a negative turnover differential coming into the playoffs. Um, but only eight teams have been able to do it with that negative turnover differential. So we'll kind of toss out the teams that haven't. Kansas City, again, like kind of, I think they topped the list with a negative 11 in turnovers. They've been, uh, the defense has been solid, but, you know, we, we know all about the Kansas City offensive problems. A lot of those turnovers, are, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team turn the ball over more because of drop passes, like passes that drop and go into the defender's hands. I've never seen it. Mahomes is going to be the most underrated player next year going into fantasy you know, football just because it, it cannot be worse than what they've had at wide receiver and, and, and tight end, quite honestly. No, with, he hasn't with, been good. Yeah. Yeah. The succubus sucked it out of him. That's it, man. The, the skills are gone. Sold his soul to the devil, that guy. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he so. did. Um, but yes, that uh, KC negative eleven Pittsburgh. And again, I'm I'm I I I keep wanting to give Cleveland a pass. I feel like that wasn't Flacco. It kind of was, but he he turns the ball over a little bit. But it was all other quarterbacks turning it over. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of what Cleveland did um, is going to be with the other guys, and we can we can look and see. I think they're positive uh, since Flacco has come in there, but. Um, you know, on the whole, I'm, I, I know a lot of people may be like, you know, I just don't think Cleveland's going to make it out of here one way or the other. So I, I think there's other metrics in here that that'll uh, confirm that. So then we go to the SRS rating. That's based on, uh, I don't know if you ever looked at that on pro football reference, but just something I've been trying, I've been doing this since like 2011, 2012, something like that. So we've never had a team that with a negative SRS that's won it. Um, and I got to confirm that because the worst team that I've ever seen, uh, I have every Super Bowl winner in a, in a spreadsheet. I got to bring it up. The worst team ever was the Giants in whatever year that was when, when New England was. I was just going to say, the Giants should have broke all these records that, that eight and eight season when they made the run. Yeah, the Giants were the worst team that's ever won. And what was their SRS that year? Uh, they were actually, they were above, yeah, they were a 3.3. So I'm just I was just looking at that. So they don't even have the worst one. Uh, the 2011 Giants were actually worse, 1.6. I think that's the lowest that's ever won it. What you're seeing now is over the last, certainly since 1994, and that's when like the salary cap came into existence. The teams have not been as good who have won relative to uh, teams of the past. And what I mean by that is just how they perform against the teams that they're playing against because there's a lot more parity in the NFL than there was in the seventies and the eighties because you didn't have that cap. So with the cap, as you know, typically that's why a lot of the younger quarterbacks have an advantage when they're not yet getting the big salary 
because the teams are able to spend money yeah. elsewhere and then get the, uh, you know, you have a really good defense. Matter of fact, the best team that we've seen in recent times to win a Super Bowl based on a lot of these uh, metrics was uh, Seattle back in 2013. And you were in a situation there where um, the the quarterback, I believe in 2013, he was yet to get paid. So that defense was still really, really good. And you had yeah. Russell Wilson playing um, at a high level. So SRS, we've never seen a negative, uh, anyone negative. And Philly is actually sub zero on the SRS rank. I mean, Philly just litters this thing. Anyone who, that's why I said, you know, I've been talking about it for five weeks because I've been looking at this stuff going in. And it's not like, you know, obviously Philly's gotten worse in the last few weeks as far as the, all the metrics are concerned. But the uh, the next one that I'm going to talk about, passer rating differential, I follow this one the closest. And Philly uh, has just not performed well all season because the defense is so terrible against the pass. So when you look at it, there was a study done years ago by Cold Hard Football Facts. I don't even know if that website's in existence anymore, but um, shout out to Cold Hard Football Facts. Yeah, it was great. Like the the study that they did was awesome, and I've just kind of picked up on it since they since they did it. And they looked at champions because basically the the old theory was you could run the ball, you know, running running the ball, stopping the run is how you win championships. At least that was the way it was when we were kids. Like that, you'd always hear that you got to run the ball. To win, that's, that's actually never been the case. Like the best passing teams and the teams that can stop the pass tend to be the teams that win. So you could see, I mean, 77 of 82 champions, and that's going back to pre Super Bowl era, had a passer yeah. rating differential in the top 10 I, of the league. John, I would say this, this particular stat is really um, all encompassing because, yeah, it's taking account not just for the offense of that team and their passing offense, but it's a major component of the defense of the team and how they're holding opponents. And, and so uh, of all of these statistics, like passer rating differential, you know, it's, it's got defense in there. It's got offense, it's got a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. yeah I like it. it it's, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a stat. I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to it. A lot of people kind of poo poo passer ratings and, Oh, it's, you know, anything that's complicated uh, and you, and you, and you can't easily, uh, calculate yourself. People kind of uh, dismiss it. They're like, ah, well, it's all bullshit. But like you said, it really is all encompassing. And when you look at the best teams in the league, I mean, the teams that you could kind of throw out again, Philly, absolutely awful. They were right around when I, when I was looking at this before, when, when the Eagles were what, 10 and one, uh, they were right around flat in pass rating differential. So that has obviously dropped since then as they've, they've played so poorly here down the oh. stretch. But that's why I was saying, I think believe it was going into the San Francisco game. They were flat, and San Francisco was number one, and San Francisco finished the season at number one. And I, that's why I was like, if you think Philly is on the same level as San Francisco, you're out of your mind. So uh, Philly is on that list, of course. Uh, you've got Pittsburgh that's basically flat in this category. And that's, you know, the defense is not terrible here, but the Pittsburgh offense, as we know, they just don't, <clears throat> they don't, they can't do enough throwing the ball where you can expect them to make a run here. The Rams uh so kind of a similar situation just outside uh, of that close just to flat the level yeah yeah so you, you've got some teams in here who's uh i mean cleveland another one like they're passing you said again flacco now they're, they're going to increase with flacco they're going to be a little bit better uh but are they better are are they enough to get to like the top 10 the 10 10 is actually just only 2.2 so they they may be close to a top 10 here with honestly flacco. you've got tampa is at uh, 2.2 differential if, if you look at that great if you look at Cleveland, the opposing passer rating it's is, is really low. So, I, again, I think of all of these stats, the, 
the I'm going to make a lot of case for Cleveland on this breakdown. Yeah, but, you can but do that. Um, if you look at them, right, their opponent passer rating at 73.7. I'm going to scroll down to Dallas and and um, Dallas. Not that good here. 104. Ooh, gross, right? I thought they were a better defense than that. No, no, no. That's Dallas's offense. Oh, wait. Oh, offense. Yeah, no. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Defense. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My, my bad. So I'm like, wait, that seemed off. Okay. So we go from Cleveland, 74.7. Dallas, 80.8. So less good. Yeah. Right? Baltimore. Baltimore is basically less right good. where where Cleveland is. Those are the top two teams. Cleveland defensively right here with San Francisco. Um, Look at Baltimore. Baltimore, 74.6. So you have those are your, your clear cut three uh, best defenses. The problem with the Cleveland side is their offense hadn't been good past tense, but I think uh, Joe Flacco over the past four weeks has been, I mean, I could pull up, you know what? Let's see. Uh, I don't know where I'd pull that up, but like the passer rating for Joe Flacco and to go on to um, different stack, but I'm sure it's over 73.7. I, I feel like, Deshaun Watson and their crew of Nayer do wells that came in at QB is a big part of the reason why this number is low. So he's been, let's see, for the season. Uh, he's at 90. Yeah, there it is. So you, you change that to 90, and now you're all right up there with Buffalo. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's also we don't have a long sample size with Flacco. So he, you know, his best games of his career basically have been the last few. You know, it's not clear that he can keep that up. But I'm just saying I would I that's the only one for me that I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know. I like Cleveland a little bit here, not necessarily to get to the big show, but to get a few wins uh, along the way. So and then you never know with a great defensive team. But so failing to qualify one of that. But Pittsburgh Eagles again, the Eagles are the Eagles going to lose. In round one, John, are we betting Tampa? Uh, yeah, team? I mean, I think there's spoiler good, alert. I think there's a good chance of it. Yeah, spoiler alert. All right, I don't want to get to the bets part. All right, um, so l- let's just quickly run through a couple of these other categories: yards per pass and yards. Yeah, per it's rush. more of like an, a sort of a you know an efficiency type of uh, statistic. And again, you know, when you look at it, um, most teams have a better when you combine their ranking on uh combined pass ranking as opposed to their compass uh combined rushing record basically saying that again it's another way of saying the teams that are better at passing the ball and stopping the pass uh tend to do better so we're looking for those teams um when we look at when we look at this stat only 13 of 52 super bowl winners um had a better combined rushing ranking than they did passing and then and when you look at some of those they're they're kind of outliers as well um you know, you had some teams that were just so dominant across the board that it didn't really matter. I mean, the the last one I believe that did it was uh, the Eagles in 17, and they combined for 16 points uh, in the passing and 10 in the rushing. So they were like really pretty solid on both uh, on both sides in passing and, and, and rushing. But you can see this year, um, again, we kind of throw out Miami. Miami's been, you know, you think about the Miami passing game and offensively, they've been obviously they're pretty good, but they'll give it up defensively um, passing. They've just and they're really the Miami run game. It's very similar to to what uh, San Francisco does. They're just really one of the better teams uh, efficiency wise running the football, which kind of sets up everything else for them. But where they're lacking is in stopping the pass. And that's why their combined pass rating is not very good. Pittsburgh, we just know. I mean, they're just bad across the board uh pittsburgh's just not a team i you know i don't think anyone's really expecting no. them to do much here uh houston as well um 
Houston actually, and that again, that's their defense. Obviously, their passing offense is the strength of the team. And uh, Detroit, same thing. It's just their their passing defense is is lacking. Um, so that's why we're kind of kind of throwing them out. I think uh, you can see that again when you look at the passer rating differential on those teams and look at where their passer rating that they're giving up is. Uh, scoring margin is another one. I mean, it sounds obvious, but scoring margin is a huge uh, predictor uh, for success. So um, the Super Bowl winners average about 9.4 in scoring margin, and no team's ever won with a negative scoring margin. So of the last 49 winners, only eight have finished below six in a scoring margin. So you definitely want to toss out the uh, the negatives, and really the teams that are under – a six are very unlikely to advance. So that leaves, that's a lot of teams this year that are sub six in scoring margin. It looks so, it looks so obvious when you're, when you're looking on screen and you see some of these numbers and you're okay, Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh clearly doesn't belong here, right? They do not belong. um, Negative scoring margin. uh, Eagles really hate to say it. Friend of Ben. They're not going to like being Philly, but they really probably don't belong this season um, based on what they've done. Packers don't really belong. Tampa doesn't really belong. The Rams, I thought they were better than this. Surprised at, at the scoring margin for the Rams. Um, surprised at it. I do think they belong, but some injuries along the way. So, yeah, really interesting. So we're moving a giant chunk of teams well, yeah. on the scoring margin. Well, um, remember now, we've got 14 teams make the postseason, right? So there's... To finish in the top half is 16. So there should be 16 teams in theory every year that are positive. So you're going to get you're going to get teams that are barely in the positive scoring margin that are going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be um, here. And, of, of course, you're going to get some teams sneak in like a Pittsburgh with a negative uh, scoring margin. That's just always how it's going to be. And um, the, the thing is, when you have – the higher the scoring margin, obviously it talks about um, – the better the team, but it's also, you know, when you're a team like Philly and they've been, they've been down even when they were 10 and one, I think their scoring margin was like sub four or something like that. Uh, it just kind of shows like when your record is 10 and one, but you have a very low scoring margin relative to that, then you've obviously been getting lucky. The ball's bouncing your way. That's just not always going to happen. So it's really difficult for teams that have these low scoring margins for it to bounce exactly their way. They're going to have to, all these teams are teams that are not getting a buy in the first round, which means you're going to have to win what four games to win the Super Bowl, right? So, it real tough to do against the better competition in the league to be able to get lucky with the ball bouncing your way each and every one of those times. The teams with the larger scoring margin, yeah, they've got a little bit more room for error, where maybe not everything has to go their way, and you know, so that's just why it happens more often than not. Yeah, and again, clear haves and have-nots here with San Francisco, um, Dallas and Baltimore shining above the rest and Buffalo, uh, you know, kind of galloping slightly behind. And then everybody else just seems much less good. So um, once again, I mean, the arrows are pointing to uh, a few teams that are, you know, I think the teams we expect to do really well um, here, even this final stat here, Z score, is that, um, that something you put together? How does, uh, is this a stat yeah, available so outside? Just, How does this work? Yeah. That's just based on the, the stats that I've gone over. And then I take a, you know, you're taking the average of every team that's won the Super Bowl and the standard deviation. You find out a Z score, basically. So you're just adding those all up. So the higher the the number, the better you are relative to all teams that have won the Super Bowl in the past. So when you look at it, 
again, I anticipate as the years go on, and we've seen this over the last 10 to 20 years, a lot of teams, very few teams have been able to be positive. In other words, there, it's very hard for teams to dominate the league now as opposed to the 70s yeah. or the 80s. And that's basically what this is showing. Just how dominant are you against the rest of the, the league in the season that you're playing? So there are only a handful of teams. I don't even think it's that many this year. So you've got Baltimore is uh, Baltimore would be one of the better teams to ever win the Super Bowl uh, relative to um, the the season. And San Francisco would be they'd be two. I think I had them. I think they'd be like 12th right around there. 12th all time if they were yeah. to win either one of these teams, at least in this metrics. Dallas would at least be better than half. And I think that's it. I think those are the three yeah. teams that would actually finish um, above. But, you know, you, again, that's just kind of showing you how you would rank in the history of the NFL. But um, like I said, over the in, in the past, I think I wrote in there exactly what it is. Like over the last uh, however many years, yeah, we've averaged like since uh, 2014, the highest ranked Super Bowl winner has been the 2016 Patriots, who came in 15th overall. Five of the other uh, winners were ranked 40th or lower. The average ranking of the time frame has been yeah. 36. So this is wild. So um, just just from what I'm seeing here, yeah, I mean, again, conclusions pointing. You know, part of the reason I was looking at this um, it, all week or earlier this week was because I'm doing a lot of playoff best ball, which I love. I love the format, super fun. And in that format, you're really trying to figure out, all right, which teams have a true chance of getting me three or four games. And this this was really super helpful because, um, unfortunately, listen, it is pointing to the teams that we all like. So in the end of the day, there are clearly four contenders for the Super Bowl. You've got Dallas. You've got San Francisco. San Francisco shining a little brighter than Dallas. And then in the AFC, you've got um, Baltimore and Buffalo, and Baltimore shining significantly brighter than 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 Buffalo. But still, I think both teams have real, real. Uh, you know, Buffalo has a real chance here. And so, you know, for me, formulating my best ball uh, approach, yeah, you know, okay, let's focus on those teams. Um, and I, I it, for you, outside of those top four. Do any other teams stick out to you as like sneaky chance of sneaking their way in there, right? So we have these four obvious teams. Did any others pop for you? It's just like after your breakdown, you said, I, I get it. And, you know, we're really pointing to these, but this one or this other one are the other two, uh, one or two that I feel like, all right, if somebody's going to sneak in, it's probably going to be these guys. Like, do you have a thoughts to that or, or no? Are you, hey, the numbers say these are the four and that's what I'm sticking with. I mean, I, I think you can make a case for Kansas City because you know the talent's there, defending champion. Like, they can certainly beat any team in the league this year. You just, you know, they just haven't been able to do it. But are are we going to be totally shocked if they're the, team, the last team standing? I, I don't think we are. Like, I mean, if Kelsey certain starts to play like Kelsey and they get Rice, you know, kind of um, steps up and becomes that number one receiver that they need. Uh, they get the running game going, which they, they're capable of. The defense has been really dominant. So I think that would be the team that would not shock me on this list um, as I go down. I mean, Miami, some people may say Miami. I think Miami's going to have a real tough time winning in the playoffs on the road. It's hard for the warmer weather teams and the, the uh, teams that play in a dome to really go on the road in these cold weather places. They're going to have to go into Baltimore and or Buffalo 
and win a game. So they may have to win twice in a cold weather situation. Just don't see that uh, that happening for them in the NFC. I really, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm, I, you, you can't be surprised. You can't be totally surprised in the NFL with any team making a run as we've seen in years past. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just can't see Tampa going deep. I don't see the Rams. I can't see Green Bay uh, winning that many games to to get there. Uh, you know, I mean, the the obvious choice is people would say Philly. I just have not liked Philly all year. So I don't think it's Philly. I, I really think the NFC boils down to two teams. And I think you can make a case in the AFC to possibly get um, the upset in the AFC. I think you have a better likelihood of upsets in the AFC than you do the NFC. Yeah, I think it's Cleveland. I, I, you know, I yeah, no, it could be Cleveland as well. I, yeah. I've been joking all year that, you know, it'll be funny when Cleveland knocks Baltimore out. And, and I guess we, we potentially could have that happen. The, the nasty thing I've noticed, and we're going to get into now the bets for this week and a little DFS uh, discussion as well. But um, the 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 one thing I think that's always a differentiator in the playoffs is a nasty defense. And that is that one item that Cleveland does have. You know, if 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 Buffalo's defense was nastier, and I'd be pretty excited about them if if Miami's defense was any good, you know, and, and then we go down the list here. Kansas City, that's another one. They were playing amazing defense earlier this year, but kind of tailed off a little bit uh, as well towards the end of the season. And they kind of reverted to the mean. So um, I think it's that nasty defense that can get you there uh, in the AFC, in the NFC. If I had to pick one sort of dark horse, do you have a dark horse in the NFC? I'm, I'm thinking Detroit. Uh, if I, I mean, I guess Detroit would be the, the, obvious. I, I think the Rams too. So I, yeah. I would say the Rams, the Rams maybe win. as uh potentially uh, one of the, the, the long shots that could potentially get out. I, I would say, you know, Detroit probably slightly better team, but I, you know, the Rams have experience, have a quarterback who's been, I mean, so does, uh, you know, Detroit technically yeah. got a quarterback who's been there as well. Right. But <laughs> I like, I like the Rams a little bit more than Detroit. That's fair. I mean, the Rams, they're so similar. Well, we'll talk about that, that game, right? So that's a game to, to break down this week. So let's jump over from this awesome breakdown. Um, if you guys want to check out, John does have conclusions and some recommended um, Super Bowl winner slash uh, are those winner bets or are those make it to the Super Bowl bets? No, I've got winning winning bets in there. It's a free article. So just uh, yeah. hop on the Sharp app. and So and go check that out. Sharp.app is the website. Sharp app is the application that you can download to get all of this information. So with that being said, I love it. Great breakdown, playoff review, and what to expect. And hopefully that helps. Again, let's rock some best ball, guys. I'm play I'm doing best ball drafts like on the toilet, John. I'm at the store waiting for my um waiting for my wings. You know, you go in and order wings. You ever go, you order the wings? It's 15 minutes. I gotta fry them up. All right, all right. I'll knock out a best ball, uh, little best ball draft over here in uh in uh, Hangry Joe's. You know what I'm saying? I uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I you do don't know what you're saying, but I have not done it, so I don't tell you. don't know what, know what you're saying. You know, like, yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. You know, best ball. Where, are you, getting, where are you getting your wings? Uh, you know, Hangry Joe's. Uh, there's a place by me, pretty Korean fried wing. You ever had the Korean wings? Oh, Korean, yeah, little sticky wings? or Yeah, yeah, little Korean ones. I like the, you yeah, know, I'm a connoisseur of the wings. Um, all right. Let's get into some of the some of the games this weekend. We got Saturday action. We got Sunday action. A lot of DFS action. I want to talk to you a little bit about that and some strategies on two game and three game slates um, as well. But first up, we've got the Browns and the Texans um, at Houston. The Browns are two and a half point road favorites here. 
uh, in a game with a 44 and a half point total first game of the Saturday slate. What do you say? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's going to be tough to, to not take Cleveland. I think you like Cleveland as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think this defense, um, you know, Houston's been a fantastic story all year. Um, boy, I mean, they, that, that last game, that last game was just brutal. I had no interest. I didn't have a bet on that game. I, I don't think I've ever felt worse for, uh, for a team with that drop pass with the Colts. So, you know, Houston's really playing with house money at this point. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that game would have ended. Doesn't mean they would have lost. But boy, it was a, that was a tough one. Uh, I just think the Cleveland, the best, the best unit on the field is going to be this Cleveland defense. I like what Flacco has been doing. Um, they're going to put points up against Houston. And I think the two and a half is not enough. So I think they covered this game. I like, uh, I like Houston. We've seen some sharp money on. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I like Cleveland, and we've seen some sharp money on Cleveland as well. Yeah, you got to get the Cleveland bet in there before it moves to three, guys. Um, I've already placed my wager on this one as well. And I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that um, the Browns offense isn't just as good as the Texans offense. And and certainly the Browns defense is the superior unit here. Um, Texans, the issue here, and I do think that in just talking a little bit about Cleveland and we'll get in, I think this game is going to be super popular for DFS, but um, just talking about Cleveland, I think their weakness is going to come against a team with a great pass rush which is why running into Hurricane Baltimore will probably be a problem for them um, when Flacco is really, really statuesque in there. But Texans just can't. They're not, they're not getting sacks, and they're, they're not getting to the passer at a level where I think they're going to be able that, – that could change in the playoffs, but, but where I think they'll be able to disrupt what, the, what Cleveland wants to do on offense. Um, DFS-wise, John, I actually think that Flacco to uh, Njoku slash Cooper – will be a wildly popular, maybe the most popular stack on on the Saturday slate, which, you know, upsets me because in my first look, I thought I was getting cute going with Flacco over all of the other big name guys. But yet now I'm starting to see some some uh, ownership projections that are telling me I was not cute at all. But um, I love I love Flacco to Cooper and, and Njoku in that even Elijah Moore. You're going to have to actually play that guy. You're going to see there aren't that many options to pay down for and more did have a good game once this year. So who knows if it could happen again? Um, Texan side, Nico Collins is such a focal point for that offense. You could play him. You know, there are four stud wide receivers on the slate. Every single one of them is spectacular and you're just going to pick and pick and choose. But um, let me ask you a little bit of just two game strategy for DFS. You are one of the top DFS players known to mankind. And not a lot of people know that about you. I, I don't mention it enough. I don't talk about it. You're very humble. You don't talk about it. I don't believe it. You ever see that meme where the guy's like whispering something in, in the girl's ear at a, at a game and she looks like she's disinterested? That's like me telling her, you know, John, top <laughs> yeah. player in the world. She's so disinterested. Um, but what what are you doing on a two game slate for for DFS purposes? How do you attack this? Are you and and very specifically, I, I want to know what you do with the chalk. So, what I mean by this, we're gonna we have this two gamer. We got Tyreek Hill is on it, okay? Tyreek fucking Hill is on this two gamer. Now, uh, I'm hearing something about snowstorms. I, you know, we'll see. I'm not counting any of that. But assuming like a Tyreek Hill in a playoff game against a team that's not that good defensively in the Chiefs is going to be 70% owned or 75%. Like, how do you approach it? There's going to be players that are 75, 80% owned on this slate. Isaiah Pacheco could be 90% in this slate. How do you deal with that? 
Uh, it's very difficult to fade those players because you'll see even – I mean, barring them getting hurt in the first – you know, barring a Hill injury and he gets like five points, even if he just gets – he has a mediocre game for him, which is going to be in the high teens, something like that, yeah. you know, 15 to 18 points, he's probably going to be in the winner. So you just kind of just – you just take those guys. You don't even think about it, and you just take – like you, you want to be – you can be contrarian, so not even contrarian. You could go and find yourself. The way you're going to win is to find that that guy who's uh, on a two game slate. I mean, it'll be tough to find a five percent owned guy, but even a, a ten to fifteen percent owned guy, like that's going to be the guy that you're going to have to get. Let, let me think of names uh, that could be on this slate. Um, you know, like Cedric uh, Wilson Jr. or or some of these secondary guys, like like Justin Watson for the uh, Chiefs. Well, that yeah. it's it's going over on those guys. That that gets you there. Yeah, if you're a single entry player, I think you're basically gonna you're just counterfeiting the the really like if if anyone's gonna be 65, 70% or higher, you basically counterfeit those and then you have to look to find you've got to hope that you get the differentiator. Um, you know, and and if you're gonna differentiate, like I'd rather differentiate a quarterback, that's that's a position that that can fluctuate a little bit. Um great as though the variance at quarterback is gonna be greater than it is at running back or wide receiver and certainly a tight end as well. So a lot of times, yeah. you know, play it a little bit differently. Maybe you're going to play a two tight end uh, lineup or something like that. Like that may be the, the nuts, but it, it, you know, if you're going to play a Pacheco uh, and a Hill, like that's a good place to start. Yeah. And then you have to kind of differentiate somewhere else. In my early look for the slate, and we're going to talk about the next game now. Um, but in my early look for the slate, uh, I was looking for differentiators. How do we, how do we get a little different? And one of the ways uh, definitely double tight end is, is, is viable here, but, um, one of the ways that I kind of figured it out was if you if you put a twenty five hundred dollar tight end in there, the cheapest one, right? Your lineup looks very different from anything mm -hmm. that anybody else can do. And even if that player doesn't really do much or anything, just like it gets a two or a three, there's a couple of tight ends like that that have a you know that that kind of potential for a two or three. Um, on this slate, the way the salaries work out, that might be that move that that gets you to the promised land on this two gamer. So let's jump into the second game here. Um, as we both agree, we like the Browns minus two and a half. Um, so let's jump into the second game on the Saturday slate. We've got the Dolphins at the Chiefs. The Dolphins on the road here, four-point road underdogs. The game has the same total, 44 points, as the first one. So another close game. Um, this is cold weather outside in Kansas, C Kansas City. Saturday night, 8.15 p.m. Uh, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, I normally would have liked uh, Miami on this one, but not in the cold. When this, when the weather gets down into the 30s, um, certainly down into the 20s, which I think it's going to be for this game, maybe even maybe even lower. Um, you, you have to fade the the warm weather team, so I think it's a big advantage for the Chiefs uh, in this one. I think it's going to be an early exit for uh, for the Dolphins. Which is a tough year for them. I mean, considering they were staring at yeah. possibly getting the the number one seed, and now they're playing on the road in week one. Dolphins just got banged up. Really, injuries hit them at, at bad times. A lot of defensive injuries, and and um, you know, uh, some of the players on offense as well. Jalen Bottle got that Q tag, and and so they've uh, they've been banged up a little bit. Um, I do think that if the weather gets to be very snowy, which 
I, I don't buy we're, we're we're as we're recording this on Wednesday. I, I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday with the weather. And I don't like to predict things like that. And quite honestly, unless it's actively snowing and hurricaning during the game, you almost should ignore weather conditions completely. Just be aware of that. I don't like to let weather. But number one, I was a little surprised at how low the total is on this one. At 44, I'm, I'm just a little surprised, John. The first game features like an elite defense, and it seems like scoring could be muted a little bit, although the Browns can score. But this game, you know, Dolphins and Chiefs, two supposedly amazing offenses. I feel like if this game happened in week three of the season, the total would be set at like 56. So it's wild to me that it's down at 44. That's that's the one that's standing out a little bit, but weather is keeping me off of like any sort of a bet. Um, DFS purposes, I think the running backs in this game stand out. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco should be, I, I would say, 100% owned on this uh, slate. Like, that's a guy that you just want on your team. And unless he's getting hurt, he's probably getting it done, um, especially considering the other options at running back for this two-gamer. Uh, you know, of, of course, Tyreek Hill is going to be super, super um, high-owned as well. And and uh, Rishi Rice. So I don't know about Travis Kelsey. I think actually Travis Kelsey might be a sneaky low-owned guy because of the way the salaries work out on the slate. You just can't afford to do that at tight end and, and not really destroy the rest of the lineup. But... Should be an interesting one. So you're on Chiefs minus four here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily betting it, but I, I would lean that way. Normally, I would I would have liked Miami in this game, but I yeah. just don't think, you know, with the weather and the temperatures, I mean, they're, they're predicting now sub-zero with the wind chill. So, I mean, that's just... You is just it, don't is see it, teams. Is it windy? Who cares if it's cold? What are these? These are no. Men. Well, the cold, the cold has significance over teams. Uh, historically, the teams who play in... Uh, in, in weather in warmer weather just don't do as well they're actually against the spread they don't do as well which which uh tells you that they've performed worse than the market thinks they they will perform so yeah um so kansas city would be uh would be the play in that scenario john and i hear you don't you don't perform that well in the cold weather uh areas since you've been softened up down in florida that that is true yeah no i don't like i don't like the cold man you know? yeah you've come up to this this is why you're sick i know what's going john is just like the dolphins Okay, goes to New York for the holidays, right? It's fucking cold out. You got all these sickos in the house together. Next thing you know, you get back home, sick as a dog. You're, that, you're not, you're not built for it. That is true. I have not been the same since I went to New York. Like it was just uh, too run down, man. And you can't come here up, anymore. Yeah. Not in the winter. You know what the solution is? You can't come here in the winter. There's no more. You know, if you're gonna go to the Northeast, it's probably got to be after April, like April fifteenth. I'm gonna, then it's cool. Like. It'll be like 40, 50 degrees, 50, 50, 60s. You can come here, but any lower than that, body's not acclimated. You're not ready for it. No, no. Yeah, I got to see. Maybe maybe dig a tunnel underneath my dad's house in Brooklyn. Oh, so let's not go there. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Oh, my God. All right. So anyway, um, yes, Dolphins Chiefs. Uh, in this two-gamer slate, it's really interesting because, again, it looks like Joe Flacco is going to be the chalk in, on a slate that has Tua. And Mahomes in it, so that should be really interesting uh, to play out. But I, I kind of agree with it, and I think um, if I'm looking at that two gamer as a whole, uh, the guy who I like the least is uh, C.J. Stroud. So Yolo and I love C.J. Stroud, but he's my least favorite on this slate. Um, not to say I won't play him though, but he's he's my least favorite. All right, let's move on to actually reminder. We are talking to John Statsational Alessia from the Sharp app. And John drops all his picks and plays in the Sharp app. The Sharp Report um, is there every single day. The 
ultimate tool for sports bettors to understand who the sharps are on, who the super sharps are on, who the squares are on, nothing else like it in the industry. And of course, uh, the Proptimizer tool, uh, one of the greatest tools for betting on player props, been crushing for the last um, couple of years. We, we've been tracking it. So all that great stuff available over at the Sharp app. If you want to check that out, Promo code DFSA20 gets my DFS Army YouTube people 20% off your subscription to Sharp App. Go to sharp.app, download the app, all that good stuff. All right, let's move on to the Sunday slate. And it starts with the Bills at home taking on the Steelers. John, looking through your article right off the bat, the Steelers should not be in the playoffs. They made it. You know, congratulations. But uh, the, the Bills are minus 10 in this one. And one thing I do have to tell you is betting the Bills as heavy favorites this year has been a losing proposition. They burnt more of my monster can't lose teasers this year than any other team. I, I hold some hatred in my heart for them. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I mean, they, they cost me a couple of times, not on teasers, but uh, <clears throat> I don't bet a lot of the big favorites, but I, I did get burned with them against New England. I thought that game, I thought they just roll in that game, didn't play uh particularly well but you know we just went over it we went over the, all the numbers for potential super bowl winners um i do think they kind of roll in this game so I, I i lean on the buffalo side i do think they cover the 10 um and i i just i give tomlin all the credit in the world he just somehow he just wins every single season and this year puts another winner up there gets him in the play the postseason anyone who wants to get rid of tomlin i think they're an idiot but uh, they I were mean, shitting on him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, like, they were, they were getting like ready a month ago. I'm like, you know, all these guys, no fans have no idea what you have. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm fine with firing anyone, getting rid of any quarterback, whatever it is. You just have to tell me who the replacement is. Like, when you want to get rid of Mike Tomlin, just let me know who you're replacing him with. Who's better? And then I'll, and then we can, we can talk about it. But like, fans just want to get rid of every quarterback. You know, Dak Prescott, get rid of him. Like, okay, but how about the, how about the balls? Him, you know? How about the balls of Mike Tomlin? That even when you're young, you know, not very good uh, quarterback, Kenny Pickett is back to health. He's like, nope, we're going with Mason Rudolph for the run. W effectively, by the way, what the end of the Kenny Pickett era has already happened. Like, you can't go back. I, I feel like you can't go back once you've done this. There's no turning back. Yeah, I mean, you've got something similar in a, in uh, Atlanta, right? I mean, it, I, I think they've just determined. Well, Atlanta was never it was never going to be the Des Ritter era in Atlanta, but but uh, you know that was already wow. done. That was already done. Yeah, I'm just like, saying, like you, you you just can't. I I, I agree with you. I, I think they've made the they've made that decision. I don't know if Mason Rudolph's the answer, but he's better than he's he's no. probably the best option that they have right now. I, I don't think he's the answer either. I think you will see the Steelers get a new quarterback next year and probably give up on. Um, Kenny Pickett, uh, they should, and they rightfully should. And, and, you know, we learned that tiny hands is not good for NFL quarterbacking. Doesn't Burrow well. have the tiny hands? No, no, not that, not, not Kenny Pickett tiny. Kenny Pickett's got like my size hands. Mm. You know, if, 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 uh, my, my father who's worked as a mechanic his whole life, he's got like giant, you know, gnarled up hands of a, of a mechanic. Um, he, he, he oftentimes when I uh, go to visit, he'll grab my hand, look at it and go, you look like somebody that's never worked a day in his life. And, and you haven't. And to which I agree is yeah. right. That's why I say, well, you know, 
that's correct. I, I haven't. And that's who I am. So anyway, um, that's me and Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett also looks like somebody who's never worked a day. And you look at his hand, you're like, are you a hand model? What are you, George Costanza? What's going on here? Um, all right. So the Bills win big, minus 10. Add them to your teaser because, man, these guys have not covered. What about this 36-point total on this game? That's as low as it gets, John. It, what the hell's going on? A 36-and-a-half-pointer? They think um, the Steelers just not going to score at all here? Yeah, obviously not. So, I mean, you've got, what, that's like 13-team total? <clears throat> yeah, so, it's brutal. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty, pretty low. I I kind of think the Steelers will be able to put a little, you know, they, they should be able to get over 13, but uh, – I mean, when I look at this, I, on the whole, this should be the worst game from a DFS standpoint. The, um, let me put it like this, John. You're in the last rounds of your um, best ball drafts, and it's like everything Steelers is just available. Yeah, pretty much. He's there. Deontay, sure, you can have him. Najee, Warren. Um, interestingly, I actually think Jalen Warren's a really interesting running back on this slate. Uh, because I do expect the the Steelers to be playing from behind, and you need that salary relief somewhere. So you can't like th this slate is kind of an interesting one. It's not very um, you're going to need the salary relief, and I found that Jalen Warren actually does pop out for me as an interesting DFS play. I don't think there's too much else DFS relevant in this game at all. I mean, other than you know Deontay or Pickens who are able to hit even in a terrible matchup and in a terrible game environment so let's move on to the second game of the sunday slate um another one where it looks like it's going to go a certain way and this is the cowboys at home taking on the packers the cowboys are seven and a half point home favorites this one has a giant 50 and a half point total a little surprising to the upside for me um jordan love has been hot lately john he's been hot he's coming on strong we got the we got the packers uh yellow and green going over here but um, he's come he's come on strong late in the season. But the Cowboys at home defensively have been nasty this season as well. And um, now, but the flip side is the Cowboys have a horrific history. I don't want to fight history. And the Cowboys have a horrific history of losing in the first round of the playoffs. Now, sorry, Cowboys fans. I talked about it. I hope I didn't. Um, I hope I didn't just jinx the team. I don't care if I did or not, though. I I, I don't have fandom. But uh, John, how how are how are you bound? Do you care that they lose in the first round like all the time? Does that matter to you? Is no, it doesn't, even, doesn't. Doesn't go into your. That's such a fan. That's such a fan, a fan thing. thing. It's like because squares. it's like you're. It's 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 such a small sample, and like fans love it. It's like you know. I remember Barry Barry Bonds couldn't hit in the postseason. Like okay, and then you know, two thousand Barry Bonds, two thousand one, yeah. whatever. You know, it's just the steroids helped. Um, yeah, well. Yeah. Listen, it was like, you know, Alex Rodriguez couldn't couldn't step up in the postseason. Then all also, of a sudden you couldn't the steroids, step up. Like, the steroids help with Yeah, that. well, they all well, all those guys yeah. were, were steroid guys, you know. But I think I can hit in the postseason if I get enough um if I get enough uh you know androstendinone in, in, in me. I, I I'm not hundred percent sure. Like you like that, that word I just busted out? I'm I don't think I said it right. No, you didn't. Please. I didn't say it right at all, did I? Fuck. But it's like, I don't know, these guys you you take a small sample, not even, I mean, what's Dak, Dak in the playoffs is like two and four, I think. And, um, okay. I mean, not good. Does he have a win in the playoffs? He's got two wins. I think he's got two wins in the playoffs. Okay. Two, All two right. So there it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not impressive, but it's like you have one good season and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, he wins the Super Bowl this year and like all of a sudden, oh, everything changes. 
I'm mostly just so, kidding. I, I don't. No, think I, know, I, I know, but yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people are when they look at that. Um, even when people look at home and road, I don't get I don't get too caught up in it. You, you're going to have a team, a team every year is going to like outperform on the road, and then every, and every reporter is going to say, "Well, why do you guys think you're 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 doing well uh, so much better on the road than at home?" And everyone will try and come up with a reason after the fact, but it's like. No, there's always going to be a team in the league that just like wins every game on the road and goes 500 at home. Like that's just, <clears throat> it's just going to happen. So, um, yes, they've been really, really good at home. I agree. Uh, but I do think seven and a half is probably too much. I think the game winds up being a little bit tighter. Uh, so I like, I like the game to be close. Dallas wins the game. But if you want to tease anything, I just think you tease, you could tease Dallas down and, uh, just take them basically out of, uh, to win the yeah. game outright. But, um, but I do think the seven and a half is a lot, so I'll, I'll take the points. Yeah, I'd be looking to, you know, obviously the the heavy the heavy favorites, um, interesting on the spread side. But I, you know, there's some other underdogs that I want to tease up uh, to make to make sort of the monster work. I'm I'm working on it, but I, you know, some of these underdogs, I think I'm going to be on that side of it. Um, probably the Dolphins and uh, and yeah, I'm teased the Cowboys down, but we'll probably be teasing um, up the Buccaneers as well. But let's get let's get to these next ones. Um, so wait, uh, a little a little DFS. Uh, of course, CD Lamb is going to be popular. He's going to be one of the best plays on this entire slate. CD Lamb at home, he's going to smoke. Uh, he's going to smoke this Packers defense. I don't think there's any uh, real concern about that. Um, lots of pieces for both of these teams will be of interest here. On the Cowboys side, you know, Brandon Cooks, I think, is going to be a super popular secondary play if you have Dak and uh, on the slate. And Tony Pollard, though, I just want to I just want to mention Tony Pollard as like, once again, even in the best matchup you could ever have. Just never gets it done. He has not gotten it done. I, it, again, it could change in the playoffs. It could change. Uh, if you looked at last week, I was like, man, if Tony Pollard's ever getting it done, it's against the commanders in a blowout. But. What the pack, what the Cowboys ended up doing was they were up so big and so easy that they just went to Rico Dowdle late in the game and, and it just prevented Pollard from the game. We will not see that here um, in the playoffs. The teams are going to lean on their best guys. So it could be a spot where Tony Pollard finally gets something done. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm going to keep him in mind uh, in this game. I'm probably yeah, going like to avoid. It. What's that? I don't like it. I don't, no, I don't like I, it. I don't love it. But you're going to get it at very low ownership. I mean, of the running backs on this slate, Tony Pollard is not the one that really jumps out as an ownership play. Now it's going to be it's going to be Kyron Williams. It's going to be you know Jameer Gibbs. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll get some uh, Rashad White, a lot of Rashad White in there. So I don't know. I, I think Pollard will go under the radar a little bit. But yeah, he stunk all year. He hasn't had one had to have it game this season. For this is, yeah, I mean, this is the cheapest you're getting them. Um, I think, yeah, all season. I'm just looking at it. This is the cheapest price. Yeah, sixty-one hundred. So, um, all right. Next up, we've got the red. I think this is the closest game, and it's really interesting to me. Um, actually, I don't know. The, the next game is pretty close too. But uh, we got the Rams at the Lions. The Rams are coming in as three-point road underdogs. In the dome, taking on a, a solid Lions team, third seed, sixth seed, fifty-one and a half point total. This absolutely stands out from a DFS perspective and and just fantasy scoring as the best one of this trio. Um, the highest total, 
two really good offenses, loves lovely players to stack on both sides. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown and Puka and Cooper Cup. So much goodness. Kyron Williams, the two running backs for the Lions. The tight end on the Lions is going to give us our our $2,500 guy. As I told you, I loves me a $2,500 tight end. And with Laporta likely out, we will see um, Brock Wright in there, maybe the Mitchell character in there as well. The Rams uh, don't know what's going on with Tyler Higby, but uh, this game's really interesting. And I, actually, give me your take on it. Rams are getting three here on the road. Yeah, I like I like the Rams here, plus the points. Uh, I think we just kind of alluded to it before. I, I think of all the teams, the Rams have the best shot of being that long shot to kind of come out of here. Going to have to do it on the road, which is always tough, but we've seen other teams do that, um, come out of that wild card spot, go on the road, and, and at least get to the championship game. I think the possibility is there with this Rams team, so I wouldn't sleep on them. Um, I So I think the three is, is more than enough. I would just take them on the money line personally and just – take them to uh to win this game as far as far as the point total goes i think we're going to get a lot of points uh in the game i know that the total's high at 51 and a half but this is clearly the best dfs game i look at it from season long and then i kind of compare the last five games just to see if things are trending um in a different direction so when you look at this uh like if you look at um the uh this game in particular it's actually trending towards more points so the offenses, uh, from a DFS standpoint, should score even more fantasy points than uh, than projected, I think. So that's why I kind of like this game to go over. I'm just trying to see if any of these other games are kind of trending in the other direction. Actually, the Cleveland-Houston game, as we mentioned before, like has trended in a, a higher direction than maybe what we anticipate uh, over the last few uh, weeks. So like, <clears throat> I actually have Flacco as one of the highest potential scoring quarterbacks in the entire weekend if you're going to play. That's what I'm so. saying. Black yeah. the chalk. So if you look at it over the last five, and really the last five's obviously been all Flacco. So when you look at that and how they're trending, but um, as a combination, as a game stack, there's no better game than this one. But it's really the wide receivers. I know a lot of people are going to be looking at the Detroit running backs. Not good here uh, as far as from my where my projections are in recent over the last five games. So I think this is more the passing. I like both quarterbacks and I like the wide receivers in this game. Always tough with the Rams. You can't really figure out, you know, who's going to get the majority of the uh, play from a wide receiver standpoint. But I think you can kind of pinpoint it a little bit better, maybe on uh, Detroit side. Yeah, um, lots of pieces from this game across the board. Um, Lions are w one of the top rush defenses, but I don't think it matters. Kyron Williams is going to be a super um, good play as well. And yeah, Puka Cup, don't know which. Demarcus Robinson floating around in the background as well. And and um, on the Lions side, I think we're gonna, you know, there's a really good chance um, that the nuts lineup will include, you know, the Lions turdly wide receiver or or tight end that that winds up uh, going off if it's Brock Wright or or uh, now Jamison uh, Williams looks like he's going to be back. And um, you know, Josh Reynolds had a, a lot of targets in the last week of the season as well. So it could be one of those types that um, rule the day in terms of taking down DFS tournaments. Um, the final game of the weekend, and I, I already have a feeling I know how you're going to go with this one, John. But Monday Night Football, Eagles at the Bucks. The Bucks are at home, three-point underdogs. Um, obviously, we've gone through your previews. Um, all the metrics on this slate. Now, the Bucks not that great, but the Eagles clearly 
one of the um, teams in the playoffs that look like just maybe they got there. Maybe they didn't didn't necessarily they don't have the stats to really back up that they're a very good team, but they're taking on the Bucs, which are definitely not that great of a of a playoff team either and have similar mediocre metrics. The Bucs are getting three, 43 and a half point total. How do you see this one going down? <clears throat> yeah, I think this winds up being lower scoring, maybe than people think. So I like the under and I like Tampa plus the points. Um, so I'll take the points at home. I, I just I you just can't like anything about what's going on with this Eagle team right now. And it's not like they're just going to turn it on. I know they had a, they played some tough games, but they also lost to some pretty crappy teams here. Lost to Arizona, lose to the Giants. I mean, just got blown out. I don't want to hear about Hurts' injury. I mean, they were getting blown out in that game. Regardless. That was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I was like, it's funny because again, we talked about we talked about last week on the game plan, just taking straight bets on some of these teams. We just straight bet the Titans to win the game, not even taking the points. Um, uh, so a, a lot of these teams that we were discussing, it was take the straight bet. And the Giants stood out also as, you know, we should take them with the point. I just didn't have the balls to do it. But, you know, the Eagles probably never should have been playing their starters in that game to begin with. I think it just I think it was just a bad look. It was just a bad look. They they should have rested their guys. They've been banged up. They had no chance of advancing. And um, just I, I almost feel like the team was like, why are we playing? And they just played like shit. I really think that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you kind of play. You have to play it. I mean, anything can happen in the league. The, you know, and early in that game, the, the Dallas game was was tight early. Um, so I I don't know. I think you just kind of in their situation, you have too much to gain to win that. That divi- winning that division is a big deal. Getting the home game. Um, I just think you had too much of Detroit's the team that like had absolutely no reason and they deserve to get you know i don't want to see the poor to get hurt but you deserve it like they almost deserve to get knocked out of the yeah, deserve to lose now for like, what they did yeah just you're stupid. Losing one of the most important pieces of that offense now for no reason yeah and and it, it was a bravado is it machismo what what is it that like i i like the coach there but some of the stuff that these guys oh we're gonna play our guys around get the fuck out of here how about how about be smart like i i feel like um it's it's like almost old school machismo or something that was going on there. I mean, bravado. There's no NFL game where someone doesn't get hurt. Like it's just a matter of how key of a, a player it is. So oh. if you want to just roll the dice that one of your key players is going to get hurt, by all means, go ahead and do it. No, but, and but, you know he he came up he came up seven. He crapped out. Nothing to play for for the Lions there. And you know Dan Campbell's like no, these are our guy. I mean I like I like Dan Campbell a lot. So it's it's hard for me to like kind of rip him here, but you know. You lose your star tight end. You know, everybody's getting banged up during the game. And you're like, why are they playing this? What are you guys doing out there? And then it's happening and, and you're still rolling the starters out there. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Let the guys rest for a week. You don't have a bye week. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense. It, and, and the, you know, the whole, I mean, these guys all, every team has a bye week during the year. No one, no one gets all caught up in like, oh, well, we, we don't want rust. Yeah, you got the buy. Like everyone's excited to get the buy. Everyone, everyone plays. Teams actually play better coming off a buy. And, and by the way, the rust thing happens on the bye week because they they go on a physical vacation. Like if you if you're not starting your guys week eighteen, it doesn't mean they didn't practice right. all week. Like the problem with the bye weeks and why the rust does happen, and I do believe it does happen, is because these guys are going to Cancun for the week. Like they're they're actually taking the week off, which is crazy because I haven't had a week off during football season you haven't had one no but these guys who get paid 70 million they need to go to uh cancun for a week in the middle of the season you have a whole off season but you and your girlfriend are going to cancun for the week now 
Zach Milfson flying back to Utah to hook up with his mom's best friend. Now, during the season, you're not that good. You need to be here practicing. Sorry. Well, it's illegal now. They can't practice, right? It's against the agreement. That's stupid. I think they have to have that week off. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's part of the, the uh, players' agreement. Oh, I see. There you go. I, I, I don't even think idea. they're allowed to, to, to practice that week. That's bullshit. I don't, I, this is, that's craziness. That's in the, that's in the agreement. I'm going to look that up because that is bananas. Well, it's like, they're not even allowed to hit anymore in practice. So yeah. that I get, but like, yeah, yeah I can't practice. Like, all but right. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I sure they have to have that week off. It was in, the, I'm going to look that one up because that is news to me. I did not know that. And I, I've been pissed at these guys going on vacations. Like, dude, do that in the off season. You know what you should be doing during your bye week sitting at home, studying game film on your next opponent. That's two weeks away. That's what you need to be doing. Not vacations with your family. Um, Bucks are getting plus three in this game, John. And um, if I'm adding something to my teaser, my greasy teaser, this is one of it. I'm going to just raise that up to plus nine, maybe plus nine and a half. Maybe I'll get to 10 even. We'll see which one we do. But uh, and I'll feel really good about um, getting the Bucks uh, with with uh, with 10 point, nine and a half, 10 points here. And you're taking I mean, you're taking the buck straight. I know you hate my teasers. It doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big, te- last week. Not a big teaser guy, it. but that's fine. Crushed I, it I just week. think they win the game outright. So I, I like if I'm if I feel really good about them winning outright. Like that's why I told you that I kind of like taking um, money you know, lines on money this line or, or even lay some points and like give yourself a little bit better uh, a little bit better juice. Little pizza bet. Um, how about a how about a little bucks. Uh, uh, a little Bucks Rams money line parlay get um, that one will come up to about plus. <laughs> That's four. not bad. Yeah, well, yeah plus Bucks that Rams money. and uh, yeah, I, I think you do the Bucks do the Bucks Rams as a as a Bucks Rams. Uh, you get that one for plus five hundred. That's not a bad. Yeah, I like that. I like that uh, that parlay. Yeah, it's little, nice. little plus five hundred parlay to end the game plan, guys. What what more can you ask for than that? Um, I like it. And that's going to do it for the wild card weekend game plan. John, you could find him at Satsational or, of course, at the Sharp app. Uh, in the Sharp app Discord, drop in picks, as well as uh, on the Sharp app, dropping these incredible articles. Uh, this happened all throughout the year, March Madness. March Madness is one of my favorite things. We'll do a video for that too. But um, incredible March Madness videos coming um, down the road. And of course, now we've got our playoff instructions. Uh, some bets for uh, Super Bowl winners. You like the Cowboys, you said. Um, well, I think it's down to 49ers. four teams. So you just do Cowboys and 49ers, Super Bowl winner, just take them both. You could do that. I didn't go that way. So I went a slightly uh, different way in my, uh, you know, I, I took uh, Buffalo and San Francisco. Um, I've got, I've got a bet on Buffalo when they were six and six at 55 to one. To win the Ooh, that uh, was a good one. That's a pretty good one. That is insane. That, yeah. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, 55 to one. Is that what it was back when they were six and six? They were six and six. They went to 55 to one to, to win the Super Bowl. What Plus sports book was that on? Do you remember? Uh, I believe we got it on. I, I have it with um, my partner. So we've got that, I believe, at DraftKings. Nice. Oh, if that hits, that's going to be a monster. So, um, Awesome. But you can find John, all his plays and everything over at the Sharp app on the, in the Sharp app discord chatting away. 
So make sure to check that out. Link is in the description below. Again, promo code DFSA20 gets you 20% off at Sharp App. And of course, we are going strong over at DFS Army throughout the playoff season. I love these slates. Um, the Dom Station, our, our optimizer, is tuned up and ready to rock. We've got the sim model going for the uh, or the sim boost going for the playoffs as well for all the different slates. So make sure to check that out and hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're here for all the great stuff. We'll be back with tournament tactics on uh, later in the week where we'll kind of take a look at these slates from a tournament perspective with Bobby Wow and Burns. Make sure to check that out. And we'll see you guys next time.